We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news. Sometimes we make you laugh. Most times we go deep. Today, we've got the Walker Stalker 2019 panels for you. First up is the Negan Druth panel with uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kaylee Fleming, moderated by Ming Chen of Comic Book Men. Uh, I will say it's a very short one, uh, and I will guide you like a Sherpa through all of these so you know who's talking, you know what's being talked about, and uh, we're going to have a good time. Hopefully this will be a short one. Uh, there's going to be some heavily heavy editing. If you want the full versions in video format, they are available on youtube.com slash squawking dead. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K-I-N-G-D-E-A-D for those of you who don't know how to spell squawking. In our first clip, Ming Chen basically congratulates Jeffrey Dean Morgan on his recent marriage to Hillary Burton after many long years of courtship. Congratulations, man. I mean, you know, I, I felt like I've been married for a long time anyway, but it was fun. We had fun, right? Daily game. <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> but London was better. <laughs> In our next clip, Jeffrey Dean Morgan sings Kaylee's praises while Kaylee <laughs> knocks him down a peg. They talk about working with each other and especially the all-too-famous scene from season 10 where Negan first escapes from Alexandria. Uh, take a listen. To work with Kaylee is always, it's always fun. Um, except for when she shot me. <laughs> or she didn't shoot you, I shot you know what I mean. That's true. I skinned my knee. Sorry. <laughs> but Kaylee is so, you know, uh, she's got a gun, that Colt Python that weighs, you know, 25 pounds. And she had a scene, we had a scene together where I'm going over the fence. And of course, you know, they can't write anything with Negan without it being 17 pages of dialogue. And Kaylee's supposed to have the gun on me the entire scene. And I'm watching her, uh, and her arms are starting to shake. This, this scene, Jeffrey has like 10 paragraphs. And I have to hold it like this. And they want the real one because they get an up close shot of it so they can really see it. Now, you can't see it, but Kaylee is basically holding her arms up, mimicking, holding the Colt Python, and her arms are shaking and slowly moving downwards with the weight of the gun. Uh, <laughs> Come on, hurry up! But the scene's emotional, so he couldn't just rush through the, the stuff. So I was like, come on, guys, give me the fake one. <laughs> I can't do this, but I did it. <laughs> That's real acting right there. It really was. She's, she's a stud. That she is. And that's about it for our Negan-Judith panel. Uh, so next up is the Hilltop panel. The Hilltop panel is comprised of Alana Masterson, Caitlin Nacon, Callan McAuliffe, Matt Lintz, and Kelly Mack. 
And in our first clip, the gang attempt to ascertain their characters' ages on the show, much like we do sometimes in time jumps and timey-wimey things. But then Caitlin takes a moment to marvel at Enid's strength at such a young age. No, 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 it's the actor time jump. You were like, we've talked about this plenty of time, don't worry. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. That was like when I first saw the show. I was 25, you were like 30. You were pushing 50, let's be honest. It was, was, there was still When I was 15, like, there weren't a lot of characters in pop culture or in any kind of like TV shows or being represented or anything like that that were like teenager girls in general, let alone someone who was actually like a strong female character. So the fact that like I there could be like a strong female character at such a young age, I thought that was really cool. And I never really took that for granted. I thought those Alana Masterson takes a moment to tell the crowd why she loves being Tara Chandler. Um, I think what's cool about Tara's character was that being the first sort of LGBT character, LGBTQ character. Um, That's cool when I have a kid come up to me and say like, oh hey, um, my parents love your character on the show, so actually when I came out, uh, they would, they would, they said, oh like Tara, so to give a kid courage to come out to their parents, uh, because of me, it was pretty Kelly Mack takes a moment to marvel at the diversity on The Walking Dead. Um, Being on the show for such a short period of time, I mean, I, I felt that, especially in this last season. Um, I had seen a couple of seasons before I was cast, but I haven't, I haven't seen the entire show. Um, so for me, it felt like there was so much representation. You'd think with, like, a show about battling walkers, dead things, things that fall off, things that look gross, spiders, uh, you know, the Georgia humidity. Uh, the thing that really was probably the most harrowing for the cast was actually getting their heads molded. Yeah, take a listen. You should ask us about getting our heads cast. That was not strong and badass. That was full panic mode. That sounds awful, being buried alive. But it isn't all bad, as Caitlin Nacon explains. But I got a head out of it. I have. Has anyone seen my head? I brought my head to the show. My dad brought a stick and then put it up in between our. Thank you. I put it up in between our booths. So if you want to see my decapitated head, I can. That's why no one comes to my table. Yeah. No, it's just you. <laughs> it's the actual head from the show? Um, no, it's not the actual head from the show, but it's the same mold. Okay. So basically, but not the one they filmed. Yeah, yeah. A fan from the audience basically asks them which was the most harrowing Pike death. And 
I guess they were all so traumatized by the experience, not only because it was a tough ending for most of them, everybody was leaving the show, but moreover, uh, there was a lot of confusion surrounding the whole situation up until the point. Basically, nobody really knew until maybe a few weeks before, and the best cases, in some cases, a few days before, but uh, take a listen. If this is wrong, what is the most, what was the most surprising death type of death? All of them? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I was pretty surprised when I found out I was dying. Oh, I mean, we all, I think everyone at the beginning of the season had like the talk where it's like, oh, it might be you. The majority of the cast got it. I think probably everyone except Norman. Um, clearly Cal McDonald doesn't count. Oh, wait, yeah, you answer this question. Yeah, I guess because all of you are dead. I, yeah, because we're all dead, so. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember ever thinking that anyone in particular was going to die. I was hoping it was. I, I heard rumors about yeah. going around, but I, I kind of shied away from it for fear of having spoilers with which to spoil. So I just stayed. I got the show so late, I didn't even hear about the pikes till like, we were almost getting to the pikes, and then two weeks before the pikes, like, oh, you're dying. Like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so it was pretty surprising for me. But it was cool to shoot, other than the mold stuff. Because we all took pictures with our heads. Like, you can't really say that, oh, yeah, I took, I took a picture with my decapitated head. Yeah. It's a weird statement. Um, I remember telling you, though, I was like, I, because we were like, our characters were like really happy in a relationship, and I told him the majority of the time, I was like, you know, it's going to be one of us. Like, one of us has to die. We're too happy. And I was right. Should have been Cal. So I was like, <laughs> Next up, a fun question from the audience. Uh, what would you be on? What would you like to be on after all this is over? Or what would you, what would you have liked to be on? Uh, it kind of goes from sci-fi fantasy all the way down to comedy and then to children's voiceover. So, uh, yeah. If you had a choice of any any TV show, what would you be on? Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh! Uh, did you see the Alana Masterson takes the lead on this next question about what the most emotionally taxing scene was. And you could barely blame her for not really being able to, to articulate, you know, everything that's happened in the last six years she was on the show. But one thing's for sure, like while we were listening to this, you could really feel the weight of six years and what that meant to her and, and the breadth of what that meant for her career and, and as a person. 
you know, her own personal growth and the beginning of her family and all that. So take a listen to this. What was your most emotionally taxing scene to film and how did you prepare for it? Emotionally taxing. Um, I think the first episode I shot back at uh, Oceanside was the most emotionally taxing. Um, mm. Only because I just had my baby and I had to do all these sort of logistical things to feed my kid and also do running and pumping and jumping and uh, so that was and then also memorizing lines and after you for people who had a baby your brain doesn't work for like the first 24 years of their life so uh, I the first four months was fucking brutal so that was a little bit hard um, and I'm really happy I did it and obviously uh, I can be very harsh on myself and go, oh man, if I just worked a little bit harder to do, yada, yada, yada. And then um, another emotional texting is when we all did our death, because it was so fun. We actually had such a good time, but it was freezing. It was like as cold as it is outside now. Uh, it was like four in the morning, we're all like standing next to the heater, like, um, so it was sad to say goodbye. I've been here for six years. It's uh, a long time. It's like I'd gone through a lot of my life in six years, so. I had a baby, you know, um, yeah, it was so sad, but also so great. And also, who gets to say they got killed and had their head on a stick, you know what I mean? Versus like, oh, I got bit, or I got shot, or whatever. I always wanted my head got chopped off. Yeah. You know, so that's sort of, does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You have to admire the audience a little bit for their sincerity. I mean, they're genuinely caring for Lydia, and you know, who's going to be her ally, who, who is going to guide her, uh, how is she going to connect with the community? And it quickly devolves into a very humorous segment. Since Henry died, I feel like Lydia lost her ally. Do you guys see somebody that you want to be her ally? Oh, like of the character? Like, yeah, uh, who her new person's going to be? I'm back on the market. <laughs> <laughs> Alana takes the lead on this next question as well on what her most hilarious or well, it is hilarious, but memorable moment on the show. And thank goodness it involves Stephen Young taking a uh, prank a little too far. Well, basically everybody, it seems like everybody pulled this prank on Alana Masterson. And I think if you've seen enough of these interviews with Alana and God bless her, she makes for really entertaining watch, but she tends to dominate the conversation sometimes and uh, takes the piss out of everybody. But uh, you can you can tell that that was a culmination of a whole bunch of things, and uh, it's pretty funny. Take a listen. What was your most memorable, uh, your, your most memorable, funniest story or moment behind the scenes? I think I've told the story before, but uh, in the tunnel in my first season, Stephen and I are walking down the tunnel towards the zombies, 
and Greg, <laughs> we finished the thing, and Greg was like, oh, we got to do it again. I was like, I nailed that. What are you talking about? Sure. And he sends it back and he goes, Stephen's not down here, Stephen's not down here. He's like, no, 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 he's coming, he's coming, just go. And there's like this hidden enclave that I didn't see, obviously, him hiding in. And I'm like, like walking back to the thing, out, and literally, I like, yeah, I was so scared, I screamed on top of my lungs. Everybody was laughing at me, which is normal. So the next question asked was basically, what was it like to join an ongoing established show in the middle? Matt Lintz takes the first stab. Now, what you don't know, and what I mostly cut out was that Matt Lintz has been watching a football game on his smartphone the entire panel. Now, it wasn't until he was trying to actually answer this question, in the middle of his answer, he was watching the game. And at some point, his compatriots were calling him out on it. So if you hear them kind of interjecting there and getting mad at him, that's kind of why. <laughs> Good news is that everybody does get a chance to actually answer this question. All of you joined a very established show as a newbie. What was that like for you? You know, starting that first day when you walked on. I remember my first day, probably the most out of any that I shot. Um, it was with Melissa and we were, um, on the, the, the character, if you want to call it. And, <laughs> and we were going to talk, and it was literally, I felt like I was in a family meeting, and everyone was, hey, Matt, it's nice to see you, like, what work with you, hey, we're going to have a great time, welcome to the family. And it was a family. It is a family. And, um, <laughs> that was crazy, Matt, yeah, come on! But no, literally everyone, it was Norman, it was great. Norman was, it was a fire. The good-looking and ever-so-charming Callum McAuliffe takes this next one. Uh, it, was, it was kind of intimidating attempting to bleach uh, hierarchy that's so long established and what are one such great friends, you know? But everyone made it really easy. We took like a family as soon as I arrived, except for a lot of them, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you first came on the show, you would constantly walk into conversations and be like, I'm going to insert myself into this conversation because I'm new and I don't know people. I do it. so likable, so when you come up into it, you're like, hey, you're like, oh, what's up, dude? This <laughs> looking. Kelly Mack answers next. Now, you have to give her a ton of credit on such a terrific job on the show, being that this is her first television gig. She's, ton of, she's done a ton of voiceover and ADR work prior to this, but emoting, finding your mark, and embodying a character in motion is a whole other thing. Uh, me, it's crazy. Like, this is my first TV show I've ever done, so <laughs> it's insane. Um, just pulling up, my first day was at Hilltop, and... Just seeing the set, it was, it was just so pretty. Like the, all the crops were real; they had real animals and food cooking. Like it was just insane. Real animals. Jackson uh, Pace, who oh god, okay, thank you. Um, like Gage, yeah, we were both just looking at each other, like, and he had been a series regular on um, Homeland before this, and we were both just like in awe. It was beautiful. 
Um, and everyone was like such a family, so welcoming. It was an amazing experience. Was your first day at the treehouse? What? Was your first day when we shot that treehouse? Like, no. No, that was like, I think the last day of that episode. Because of the weather, because we kept getting pushed back. Oh, yeah, we got pushed back. Yeah. My first line, I, I totally steamrolled uh, Norman. So that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, the line was actually, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caitlin also tells us what it was like to join an ongoing established show. And I got to tell you, it's hard not to get a little little emotional about it. To hear the actor behind the role actually develop as a human being throughout her her run on the show, it it must have been hard to come to grips with the leaving. And thinking about it now, it really deepens the impact of losing Enid as a character. Um, I, I was 15, I hadn't really done anything before that, I'd done like an indie film in Georgia, and I've done too many cooks, I don't know if anyone's seen that. Oh my god. It's insane. If you haven't, it will get stuck in your head, too many cooks, too many, too many cooks. It was like this adult swim thing, and it was like this fake intro to a sitcom that like went on for 11 minutes, and then things got fucked up, and like people were dying, and then should I Google it? Yeah, you should. You have um, But I was like, I never worked on any kind of TV show or anything of this grandeur. Um, and I remember when I was 15, socially awkward, going through puberty, don't know how to communicate with myself. Um, and I came on set and like all the actors were there that day and um, it was just, it was pretty nerve-wracking um, and it did such a good job. Thank you. I, I was definitely nervous but everyone was really, really nice, accepting and eventually broke through my shyness and fit in pretty well and I, I really enjoyed it. I was so excited to be there. Alana's experience on the show was quite different. I mean, not being with the main cast on the, from the onset was uh, kind of a different experience for as opposed to everybody else. But uh, in true Alana fashion, got to make it funny. And, uh, and it is. But leaves off on a lighthearted note. When she does finally join the main cast, it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It tells you how much of a family this TW fa- TWD family really is. My first day, obviously, I landed and they handed me the script, and uh, I was with the governor. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know what I was doing when I got there, and so I wasn't with any of the original people. Um, so all of my scenes were with him, kind of just hanging out behind the scenes with the crew and having a really good time. And uh, Andy came down, Stephen came down, and everybody was so yeah, that's sort of what it's like working on the walk Dead your first day. Everybody's actually really nice to you. So I love the way this audience member asked this question, and it really it really gave people a chuckle. But but to give you a little context to the whole thing, he was basically asking most of the cast members. Like it, it seemed as though for most of them, it was really the beginning of their journey, and uh, obviously the few that you know had been there a couple of years. But you know, he's basically saying, "What happened? Wh- whose fault is this? You know, wh- who do we have to complain to?" To uh, to say, hey, why are you taking away our favorite characters? And uh, and uh, Caitlin basically takes the, the next stab. What in the world happened? <laughs> you know, your guess is as good as mine. I think, honestly, they were struggling with who they were going to kill off for a long time because we found out very last minute 
and I don't think they knew who they were going to kill until that day that they called us, or Aww. the day before. Um, it, yeah, it was a very hard, very abrupt. Yeah. And thus concludes the Hilltop panel. Now, if you like what we do, uh, head on over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. That's coffee.com slash squawking dead. It's a way of supporting us. Uh, it, literally, it costs less than a cup of coffee to get access to uh, the unedited, the fully unedited versions of these videos, these uh, the audio files, anything that we have available. Uh, and not only that, you, you'll get the full unedited versions of our previous podcasts, uh, you can get that all at ko-fi.com slash dead. Now, if you can't support us, if you can't afford to uh, support us, my recommendation to you is to create a coffee.com account, ko-fi.com, uh, and just follow us. Um, we do a ton of fun things that uh, don't require support. Uh, we've done a lot of live watches lately. We've done some game nights. Um, there's no limit to what you can take advantage of when you join and follow at the very least. And if you're inclined, if you hear an episode that you like and you kind of want to hear the behind the scenes, the in, the pre-show, the post-show, uh, when we do actually uh, uh, actually break down an episode, which is what we do mainly, we break down episodes for your amusement, we insert humor, we, uh, we have a generally really good time. Uh, I do recommend, uh, yeah, I mean, if you... you It's a good idea to follow, but if you do feel inclined to, to support us with one cup, you know, less about three dollars. Um, do that, and you'll have a thirty days of access. Now, you can also subscribe to a cup of coffee a month. So, three dollars a month gives you unlimited access, uh, ongoing unlimited access to all of those things uh, in the future, and and you'll basically be supporting a show that uh, you. I mean, you'll be funding a show that where we can actually get better sound equipment for these panels, uh, better video equipment. We've been using our smartphones and doing our best and doing a lot of post-production to kind of tweak the sound to, to where it's acceptable. These auditoriums are, no, I mean, they're, they're notoriously really, really tough to actually film in both, both video and audio, but mostly audio. Uh, it took a ton of work to actually get the audio to where it was actually listenable. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, your your support actually goes to getting better software equipment, better hardware equipment, and uh, hopefully it, it will get us closer to um, a more quality podcast. Uh, I mean, we're doing some really, really cool things. Our next, um, uh, I mean, it helps also fund the graphics. Uh, we, we do commission artists um, when, when it comes to new seasons uh, of content. So like season 11 of the walking dead, uh, fear the walking dead season six, and also TWD world beyond those, the graphics for those seasons that we're going to be using in our podcast, uh, in our, in our, uh, uh you know, our, our, uh, live streams and our, our podcast art, those are going to be commissioned by three different artists. Uh, so there's no telling what you can do with uh, what we can do with your support. And honestly, it just makes us happy to know that you're there, you're listening, you're watching, you're commenting and contributing, uh, because we are squawking dead, you know, it's all of us. And so it, it's kind of a group effort. Your voice helps fund the show, both, uh, you know, content wise, but also, um, you know, monetarily. And if you can't, again, just follow us, create an account on coffee.com and just follow us. Um, we do a ton of fun things anyway. So on to the whispers panel.
Whispers panel comprises of Samantha Morton, Thora Birch, and Cassidy McClincy. Now, you're not going to hear a lot of my dumb voice throughout this panel because Paul Gillespie, the moderator, does a pretty decent job of asking the right questions, uh, segueing certain things. So I'm only in there a couple times. And uh, yeah, and I, I think this panel really does dig deep into the Whisperer psychology, moreover, Alpha's psychology a little bit in terms of how she approaches the character. Um, the first question asked right here is what it's like to be a part of TWD family and to attend these conventions, uh, if that wasn't clear enough. And uh, they really kind of dig deep. And, and for like Samantha Morton's part, this is basically her first time doing a convention. And so it's kind of adorable to kind of listen to her perspective coming into this thing for the first time and never really having this kind of family to be a part of, like this TWD family and how rewarding it is. Uh, same with Thora Birch a little bit too, you know? And they have a little fun with it too, uh, especially Cassidy McClincy. And we'll get into that in a sec, but enjoy. Oh yeah, and uh, Thora Birch is the first one to answer the question. So here you go. And now Samantha Morton. Yeah, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I, I've not done conventions or, or been to one or been to people already. Um, because what's that movie where they all get kidnapped by aliens and they go on? You know that convention? Oh my gosh. Galaxy Quest. That's it. Yes. Yes, that's such a good movie. Because um, what else is the point, you know? 
mean, I've talked with Andrew Lincoln up here, Norm Reedus, but my favorite movie of all time is American Beauty, so I'm kind of fanboying out a little bit. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if your um, perspective on that movie has changed over time since you were so young when you first did it. Do you ever go back and watch it? Um, not often, but once in a great while. Uh, I think the last time I saw it was probably about a, a year and a half ago. And it's nice to check in, but you know, I feel like the, the fans with that particular film are, are kind of have a rocky relationship with it. You know, every ten minutes they love it, and then you know it changes, and then they think, no, it wasn't that good, and then they come back and no, I guess it's pretty good. But uh, I just, it's it's hard because you know all the energy, the effort, and the love that we had for it at that time uh, is still something that you can, you can never forget. But at the same time, it was a while ago. It's just from a very removed kind of position and, and in the scope of everything. Uh, it's important to just keep the film, just think of it as a film, period, and not you know, tied to anything else. Cassidy McClincy. Okay, so what do you say to you at your table? How do I get some of your energy? Yes. <laughs> okay, to give you a visual and to also make you understand something, Cassie McClincy is quite a, and if you like them, a roller coaster of a human being. Uh, she is full of energy at these conventions, and that's a valid question, honestly. Um, so, what she's doing here to give you a visual is she is reaching out her arms and she's pretending and she's visualizing giving people her energy. Just to give you a little thing, a little visual of what she's trying to do in this moment. Um, again, and if you ever go to a convention and you have any doubts of like, oh, should I or should I not? Go. Go meet up with Cassie McClincy. She makes it worth your while. Every single person who I've spoken to has, uh, has enjoyed her presence. So... Because a lot of what you're coming up with is 
meditative nothing only. Um, as a or no, I don't take it. No. That's why they call us actors. Now, apologies in advance. Uh, this next clip was taken with another phone. Uh, we did our best to actually make the audio at least listenable. So uh, it, it's another reason why you want to, uh, if you can afford to, uh, give us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. Uh, but to give you a little bit of context that she continues on and explains why it's really important to ask the kinds of questions in advance almost to, to kind of get little guidance on the type of character you want to construct because what you may or may not know is that the scripts come uh, as they're written throughout the season. So you're not going to get all of even maybe even the first half of the season up front. You know, you're, you're going to get maybe a couple at a time and then you'll get the fourth one or fifth one, like three episodes in, etc. So they're finding out about how to be the character as the show goes on as well. Uh, or as the show is being filmed, actually. So uh, so that's to kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse in what it's like to be an actor. So it's not always very clear when you're getting these answers. So uh, the audio is... Uh, I'll recap the rest of that at the end of this and uh, give you a little bit of outro. So. Um, I have to really understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, and what I mean by that is to ask Angela a lot of questions. Um, before I ever took a role, uh, there was a lot of questions to be asked about motivation. Why would this? Why would this woman become this one? What made her do this? Not just the end of the world, but you know. Um, I, I think it's literally a bit of me going. How do I make sense of this? Um, am I making sense of it? I have to truly understand the layers. So I suppose it's like when you, I don't know, you have a great pie and there's one taste. And thus ends the Whispers panel. Uh, to give you a little bit of a context on a little bit more of the of what Samantha was saying is that she she basically needs so much information to really make a faithful portrayal of her character. Uh, she was mentioning ingredients in a pie and and even fighting people on set until you know she gets a really tight idea of how to even emote and how to move 
and how to be alpha. So, uh, and it's very important to her to give give a faithful portrayal. And I, I think it really does say a lot about how serious she takes her um, her acting. So, uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, the next panel up is the Fear the Walking Dead panel. Jenna Elfman, Maggie Grace, Garrett Dillahunt, Mo Collins, Austin Emilio, and Cooper Dodson comprise the Fear the Walking Dead panel. A huge shout out to friend of the podcast Thomas O'Mara at Celtic TSO on all the social medias for moderating this panel. He was so nervous going into it, but you really couldn't tell, especially as the panel progressed and the answers started flowing a lot more easily. What's important to note is Tom did a really clever thing and brought a take what you need, leave what you don't box for audience members asking questions. It was filled with various treats like Werther's Originals and Little Trinkets, which I thought was a classically thoughtful Thomas thing to do. And without further ado, the final panel of this podcast, the cast of Fear the Walking Dead. Just a quick one you can go down the line. When you're going to a convention like this, since you guys all put out boxes on the show to help people, what would you want in a box at a convention to take? Jenna Elfman takes the first stab. That's a great question, Tom. For us to take, let me just clarify that. For you to take. Like if someone, if you were to find a box. Right, if you, if you saw a box, what would you want to be in? What would be the value item? Whatever, whatever, whatever you think you might need at a convention. That was Alexa Nysenson on the show who plays Charlie. And uh, no, it's not trophies, as I found out from Tom later on. Uh, She was saying different colored Sharpies. Sharpies, you know, to draw in color with. (laughs) That was Garrett Dillahunt. And uh, what you may or may not know is that the panel lighting from the very start was very low. Uh, and we were, they were all wondering why. And uh, don't worry, eventually the lighting does go up. I'd like to uh, see that box and go girls and fix it up. Just for two cents. Just a box. Yeah, to go girls. Just a mystery box. Okay, that was Mo Collins and Austin Emilio. Um, essentially, what a Go Girl is, is a small plastic device that enables women to be able to pee standing up. Not a lot of people knew that. I put that in the captions of the original video. Again, youtube.com slash squawking dead. Uh, so a little, little blurb there. But uh, yeah, Austin again with the, uh, the lighting. <laughs> Cooper? Here. Uh, some puppies, please. Aww. 
So what's interesting here is that uh, the uh, little girl who at, who basically just declared her love for Austin Emilio, <laughs> instead of taking something for herself, she uh, gave out some Werther's originals to all the cast by way of Austin, who was really really gracious and uh, it was very touching. Thank you so much. Who's this? Okay. Uh, I'm Randy from uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and my question is for all of you. Uh, Jenna, um, she, uh, I talked on the Talking Dead about the uh, the river and the leeches. Have y'all ever had any other uh, weird acts of nature? Maggie Grace. But you knew, you knew coming in, you didn't know. I didn't know it yet. I didn't know that. 
not seeing from Garrett Dillahunt is uh, him flexing his muscles, uh, you know, pretending to be topless, obviously, not bottomless. <laughs> he must be Jenna. For some context and to explain the laughter, uh, the light. This is the part where the lighting actually came up. Somebody got the memo, you know. Uh. Some light. We don't have like death dinners like they have on the other show. We don't. Unless we had time for death dinners on this show, we we ain't got time for a death dinner. I wish, you know, especially if there's people that like the season, you know. But you know what we should extend is that beautiful. What Maggie Grace is describing here is um, the eulogy chorus they did for the character Tom, uh, who is uh, who basically dies during the episode. This is the penultimate episode of season five, named Channel Five. Uh, Tom basically wipes out on a bridge, and so while they were filming, the basically the cast and I think even the crew too were just singing this big uh, jaunty uh, eulogy chorus for the character Tom and uh, and actually Tom O'Mara 
uh, basically says how he made it his ringtone, uh, which is kind of cool. I even think I think the whole thing was kind of cool. It just it was kind of this like probably hot day and they were a little, a little out of control and they just kept singing Tom, 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 Tom and like just going back and forth. It's, it's on one of their Instagram accounts. I can't remember which, but yeah, they posted it up and uh, it, it's something you can uh, watch from around the time the episode aired to one of the Instagram takeovers, maybe. That's my ringtone. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom. Thanks for the reminder that we need to establish a tradition. We don't have one. We really do. We're not doing a disservice to the fine people that we do. So that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we really like it. We love it. How do we all like it? Is that a tradition? Nice folks. The last three questions here. Uh, my name is Chris from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's for my question is for Jared and Austin. If it ever came down to it, who do you think would win in a fight? Uh, John. Let's just see you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fist fight or? Sorry? A fist fight or? A yeah, fight? Let's, let's take the guns out. Oh, awesome. Kick my ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you got two guns. Yeah, but he says, I don't know. Yeah. Is this. What? What's happening? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the show? Like, Harry Potter? He would blow my ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our character is like, he's got two guns. I'm a, I'm a dead man. Thank you. On the fourth line. I'm a vice I'm a fight cooper. Are you asking them as actors or as characters? Either. I feel like we busted our ass so hardcore as characters. I feel like we just we went like three times that extra mile trying to stay together and not surrender to Virginia. And, and I thought like we had no choices. We were outnumbered, outgunned, right? Like, I don't. I, I kind of tried to layer in some as John. He was doubtful. I think he wanted to fight. I think he would have preferred that over the other. But I like that disagreement. You know, I, I like that there is not complete unity in a, in a group. I think that's interesting. But you know, we, like Jenna said, we certainly we, we tried a lot of stuff, and I, I think he just was trying to look out for us all and keep us all alive. But it, it doesn't even if you go along with it, it doesn't mean necessarily you agree. You know, as a character. I think that's interesting. I guess you can carry that forward into the next season as well. That's just me. And that's it for the Fear the Walking Dead panel, as well as all the panels. I I really thank you for hanging in there and listening to this podcast. Um, Again, you can watch these videos uh, that we produced, edited, tweaked, and made listenable on youtube.com slash squawkingdead. If you can, take a minute to rate our podcast on ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. 
Uh, it really does help. Uh, <laughs> as we always say, uh, you know, five stars in an eggplant is all we need to understand. But if you want to write something more, I'd really, really appreciate it, uh, as we all would. Uh, big thanks to Tom for moderating the Fear the Walking Dead panel. And also big thanks to uh, Rachel and, you know, Cosmo Mom Zero and I, Rachel Burt, and my OG Squawk and D. Carol G for, uh, for filming these panels. I uh, couldn't have done it without them as I was manning the table during the time, trying to engage with all of you, meeting all of you, giving you guys some free shit, as I said. And I also had a take what you need, leave what you don't box uh, as well. Well, it was more like a cardboard sign. But anyway, thank you so much for being here. Um, and yeah, again, if you want to be a part of the show, to be a part of these, uh, as well as uh, you know, funding the show and getting the unedited copies, you can be with us while we're recording these podcasts. Um, and to do that, again, uh, you head on over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. That's coffee.com slash squawking dead. Uh, you know, for less than a cup of coffee, three bucks, you can buy us a coffee and uh, get 30 days of access. Uh, $3 a month gives you keeps the party rolling. Uh, and yes, if you want to be a part of these episodes, be a part of these recordings, uh, yeah, you, we will be sending, we'd send out the uh, link to the show, a uh, couple, you know, several hours ahead of time so that you have some time to actually join us. And, uh, yeah, you can be a part of, we are squawking dead. Um, thanks. Big thanks to everybody. Uh, we'll hopefully have some content for you in the next coming months <laughs> as things start to coalesce. Um, if we do have a significant amount of news, we will hop on and we'll do a podcast as well. But in the meantime, if you do follow us, follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead, or just go to squawkingdead.com and follow us on the social medias. Um, we do post some of the live watches that we've been doing of bad horror movies and stuff like that. But the best way to get all the content relating to any live watches or game nights that we do is just following, following us on coffee.com. Because uh, with the with the actual post, you will get the uh, meeting details in advance. And uh, we don't post the meeting details on social media, obviously, because of the Zoom bombs and, and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, we are testing out some new things actually during break. So, uh, yeah, it, it's really important if you do that. And uh, without further ado, here's some outro music for you. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to talk soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.